Hey folks, welcome to the Friday Show with Dustin here on the Culture Jack Podcast. And today on the podcast, our regularly scheduled program has been completely thrown out the window in favor for what apparently is just a slew of news. Now, if I was a halfway decent podcaster and I and I uh, was a host worth worth my weight at all, I would have prepared for this day because a couple of big events happened on the day of this recording, but uh, by the time you hear this, yesterday. And so there was the uh, Disney Investor uh, live web broadcast, and there was also the live web broadcast of the Game Awards. So a lot of a lot of news came out of both of these events, and they are they are just going to uh, well they're going to consume this show in its entirety. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. Like I wrote a thing out talking about hype, but you're gonna have to wait for uh, you're gonna have to wait for it for next week, I think, because there's just so much going on, and I I. I cracked open a bunch of window uh, tat like I was doing notes on them and I was just it was just too much. I couldn't I couldn't keep up. So in (laughs) I guess before we start all that, before we get into all of that, all these big news pieces and what I I think of them at my initial blush, because uh, hopefully Anthony follows up a little bit with this on his Monday show, because there's no way I can get to it or do it justice in the amount of time that I, it's going to need for me to get out the Friday show. If none of that made sense, that's fine. That's all my own personal headspace that I'm putting out into the world to maybe make more sense for me. So <laughs> to start with, um, Anthony and I got together. Did you see that? We, we had a, um, we had a special show on Wednesday talking about Cyberpunk 2077 because it was going to be released that day. We'd recorded it earlier, but uh, we released it on that day, and it was really fun. It was really fun getting to hang out with Anthony again via the web. You know, once things settle down and and we go back to normal a little bit, I hope I hope I'll be able to see him more in person, which would be which would be nice. But it was good. It was good. He did a good job editing the thing and he put it up on Wednesday. So if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to I I can't I can't remember what we called it. The Wednesday special, the special midweek hype train for Cyberpunk 2077. And oh, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077. I'm I'm going to save most of the details of my my playthrough where I'm at for a separate episode. I I talked to Anthony and I, I think I'm going to prepare some individual encapsulated episodes based entirely on my experience up to certain points with that game. So you should be seeing those come out sometime soon. But my initial blush of it, it's amazing. It's an amazing game. I called Anthony up today to talk about the game because I sent him a text message. And and my text message uh, simply read, you know, fuck this game. And he called me and he was like, hey, what do you mean fuck this game? I'm, I'm worried you don't, don't care for it. And I, I said, no, it's just the opposite. I enjoy it. I enjoy it greatly. And it, it gets you sucked in. Like, it's... 
for those of you that play video games, because I know there's been there's been people that have talked to talked to us about the podcast that say, you know, we don't necessarily even play video games, but we appreciate you keeping us abreast of all that's going in in the industry. Uh, but for those of you that do play games, it there's side quests in games and oftentimes uh, you have the main story that you can venture out on and follow through and complete the game the way the writers intended. But the writers know that gamers are, are fickle creatures and they're, they're very, very petty and they want a lot of meticulous, methodical tasks to do. And so they install, you know, mini games and side quests and you, and you talk to an NPC, uh, a non-player character for those unfamiliar and they will give you tasks to do, like go count my chickens and, you know, go go find my livestock that's gotten away and, and help me recover a lost piece of jewelry for my family. Nothing, nothing that has to do with the main quest, but the side quest. And so typically side quests can get pretty dang monotonous in games because the developers just make kind of the same cookie cutter side quests and they use them over and over and over again. And I've had very limited experience with cyberpunk so far. Uh, I'm only in it like four or five hours. But from what I can tell, the the side side quests are are nearly as entertaining as the main storyline quest. And they pop up all over this city, the city that is absolutely sprawling. And while I was doing some of these side quests, some of these non-essential things, I, I maintain my interest. And so it's a game that I feel like it would be very easy to get lost in, to lose two, three hours at a clip, just very easy. So um, that is why I told Anthony, you know, fuck this game. Uh, and he shared a similar, and we talked about, you know, there's, we've seen a few bugs in the game and it may not be necessarily that, game-changing, world-ending game that we had anticipated earlier. But it's still a real damn good RPG. And it's it's such a good RPG that I will most likely find trouble with going back to, to older RPGs like Fallout and Skyrim because they do not have the the level of character development and depth that this one has. And I guess I should tell you about the genitalia and the customization, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to save that for uh, one of those encapsulated episodes about cyberpunk. So enough about cyberpunk. It, it did very well. Um, it broke uh, a million uh, concurrent users on steam. I think it broke, a million um, in viewership on Twitch, I believe. Um, you, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong. Uh, there were some bugs. I caught a couple characters, you know, doing the doing the T pose, <laughs> just standing there, um, shifting in and out of wall. There was a cell phone I found that was floating. I got one of the cars that I was driving stuck in a little alleyway. Nothing, nothing that made it unplayable. Some other players reported that there were glitches and freezes that they had to restart the game or restart their console even, but I haven't experienced any of that and it's been perfectly playable. 
and very, very uh, engaging and very, very fun. And Anthony, he'll tell you if, if he does, his experience has been much the same. He's very, very much enjoyed it. And it is going to warrant at least a couple playthroughs. And if you were listening before at, you know, 170 hours of gameplay time, several playthroughs could take several years um, for fellows like us who have other other things to do besides just just play video games. Um, so, yeah, that that was cool. We had that show on Wednesday. And then before that, Anthony, of course, hosted the Monday Madness show. And so if you didn't get a chance to tune in for that, you should. It was really good. <laughs> He went off on a little bit of a tirade about um, coronavirus and kind of the impacts that it's had to his everyday life. Just kind of a, um, a revisit uh, some of those some of those that we've all had since this virus has been, you know, the masks and the separation and just the the general sense of frustration, stress and malaise that we all go through. And so he he talked about that on. Monday. He also talked about the big announcement by uh, Warner Warner Brothers that they would be releasing their entire lineup of 2021 films direct to streaming on HBO Max. And I believe they're also going to do it concurrently with theater releases. But for those of you that can't make it to the theater, uh, it's a Man, it's a great it's a great deal. It's a lifesaver. Hold on, I've got where the heck is it? Um, so like I said, I have about a million, a million and one tabs open right now. And so you'll have to excuse me. I, I don't typically do a podcast like this, but like I said, besides taking notes, this was this was the next best thing. And it was a thing that felt felt more manageable than than trying to do all of that. So uh, Warner Brothers releasing 21, I think it's 21 films in 2021. No, that can't be. That'd be too, that'd be too convenient. They're releasing a whole mess of films, one of which is Dune. And uh, the Dune director is not happy that his movie is going direct to streaming. I'm of a couple minds about this, but I'll talk about that here in a moment. So um, his name is Denis Villeneuve. Um, <laughs> I probably butchered that, and I apologize. But he's the same guy who directed, I think it was The Fifth Element? No, that can't be. Hold on. Um, Who directed the... Fifth element. Uh, no, I would not like to save my pa- I didn't even put in a password. Never mind. That was Luke Besson. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that all Frenchmen are the same, but um, maybe this guy isn't even French. I don't know. I'm an uncultured swine. You know that by now. This is culture jack, not culture refined. Anyway... He's not happy. We're going to go on the assumption that he is a Frenchman because when I do his voice, um, this is an excerpt from the Dune director's column below. Oh, wait, where did he say this? It was an exclusive column for Variety. So uh, here we go. 
with this decision, AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectable and important studios in film history. There is absolutely no love for cinema, nor for the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion. Therefore, even though Dune is about cinema and audiences, AT&T is about to its own survival on Wall Street. With HBO Max's launch a failure thus far, AT&T decided to sacrifice Warner Bros. entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention. And then he growled, gave uh, us a baguette, and told us to lie down because he was going to make love to us uh, right afterward, as any good Frenchman would. Um, <laughs> Culture Jacked audience knows this. They're, they're majority France. Um, so anyway, I have a I have a different opinion about this uh, 2021 HBO Max release. Of course, I'm all for it. I think that even though there's a vaccination on the horizon for the virus, there is still going to be a large number of people not comfortable going to the theater. There's going to be a large number of people not comfortable getting the vaccine for this virus. And so your your movie is going to get dry, crusty, and stale you can't just keep like this machine keeps turning out these movies and they found a way to safely make these movies, but they haven't found a way to draw people back into the theater. And so I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not getting eyes on your movie. And if Dune is as good as he says it is, I mean, we've got a, we've got a theater in Anchorage that serves beer and pizza for old movies. And so give it a couple of years. I'll go see it. There at the old Moose's Tooth. Is it Bear's Tooth? Moose's Tooth. Moose's Tooth is the pizza place. Bear's Tooth is the is the theater that serves the beer with the pizza from Moose's Tooth. For those of you that don't live in Alaska, uh, I apologize for that little tirade. So overall, I think it's a good thing. But uh, Dennis, Dennis does not. Let's see. Um, and, and and a lot of these, hold on, a lot of these announcements were made, like I said, the Game Awards happened and then the Disney investor meeting happened as well. And so that's why we're getting so much in such a short amount of time Thursday. And thankfully, I hadn't recorded the podcast um, until Thursday, but um, now that I'm doing it, I feel overwhelmed. I feel drastically underprepared and so I'm really counting on my on my partner Anthony to pick up the pieces and make sure that anything that I let fall through the cracks he picks up and runs with on Monday or you know I'll see you next week as well so we can get more into this stuff uh Chris Evans is going to be playing the real Buzz Lightyear in a Toy Story spin-off movie and so um I don't know if this is, however, a a story based around the character that the toy, uh, who was it? Was it Tim Allen? No. Yeah, Tim Allen played in Toy Story. 
that that toy was based off of a, a real life astronaut character. Now, is this astronaut a astronaut that goes and actually fights space aliens? It's it's a, a CG movie. It's a, it's a it's a Pixar movie. Uh, but I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome to like develop your universe so much so that you've got uh, the magic that brings these toys to life. But these toys are based on actual characters, people, events, maybe movies themselves. And uh, then you can go back and develop those those things as well. I, it's it's brilliant. And I'm very, very much looking forward to it. So that's another story. And then we got Mark Ruffalo, who is returning as Bruce Banner in the MCU Phase 4 for the She-Hulk television program on Disney+, Plus, which, mm, so good. I mean, we'd had rumors that he was going to come back for that anyway, but it's, I mean, it's good to see there's like a confirmation there. Uh, and I, I'm excited to see the, the She-Hulk show. I mean, any any more Mark Ruffalo? Don't get me wrong; that guy is amazing, um, is awesome. We I, there were there were three trailers I watched tonight, um, Thursday Thursday night from Disney Plus. There was a new trailer for WandaVision, which ah, I'm so excited to see. And we are, let's see, we're like almost a month away from watching WandaVision. And then there was a trailer that I watched for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so, uh, Anthony Mackie and Bucky, who's the actor that plays Bucky, <sighs> Sebastian Stan, they have very good chemistry. And I saw a comment online that was like, I think this is going to be less of a Falcon winter soldier and more of a Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, uh, kind of buddy movie. So either way, I'd love to see more of the fantastic elements of it. You know me, I'd love uh, to see the the great action sequences, the set pieces, the choreography that they put together. But I'm also satisfied by a good character driven story. But it's a comic book. Let's, you know, let's ramp it up and make sure that it's fun as well. Anyway, Mark Ruffalo, he's coming on to uh, She-Hulk. No, he's not coming on to her because She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, is Bruce Banner's cousin, I think. They're not siblings. And so, like, this isn't this isn't the down down south home country, She-Hulk. This isn't your <laughs> this isn't your, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm done. <laughs> I I cannot continue in good conscience. Um Ant-Man 3 is they put a title on it, uh, a subtitle. It is Quantum Mania. And Kang the Conqueror is the villain in Ant-Man 3. So that's super exciting. Uh, do, do, do. Let's see. What else is going on in this one? Lily Wasp. Uh, Lily's Wasp is joining in the Super... Oh, um, what's her name? Is coming back for this. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, she's going to be in this one at, you know, it makes sense. They rescued her in the second one and, uh, Michael Kang. I really need to learn more about Michael, uh, Michael Kang, <laughs> more about Kang the Conqueror. Um, but he's going to be the villain of Ant-Man three, which in Ant-Man two, they left that kind of hanging plot thread 
I can't remember the bad guy's name, kind of the broker, the dealer, not Ghost, but the one that, that had the bad faith deal with the Wasp. Anyway, uh, he was talking on the phone. He looks like he had a boss. And I don't think his boss would be like a Kang the Conqueror type. So who was he talking to? That's that's going to be a question we're going to need answered in Ant-Man 3, Paul Rudd. So please, uh, Michael Douglas, he's coming back, right? Hold on. Hold on. Just got to check. He is. Evangeline Lilly's coming back as Hope Van Dyne. And then Scott Lang is Paul Rudd again. Of course, you couldn't replace you couldn't replace Scott uh, Scott Lang now with anyone besides uh, Paul Rudd. Uh, another Disney Plus show that's been announced is the Marvel's Secret Invasion, and so this is going to focus on, or it's going to star Samuel L. Jackson, and it's going to star uh, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. If you if you saw the Captain Marvel movie, he was the shape shifting scrawl that was like the leader of these refugee scrawls. And hey, wait a minute though, because in Captain Marvel, and I know it was it was kind of a subtle, not subtle political statement that these scrawls were refugees that were misunderstood, that were being hidden from the Cree and uh, they were looking to, you know, Im- impose upon them a a cleansing, a genocide um, of the Skrull people, but they were just looking for a home because they'd been all but wiped out. I I feel like it'll be hard to do a secret invasion type story arc within the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that this lore has been installed and. I say that because in the comics, the Skrull were an invading force on Earth, and they took they took over all kinds of heroes. And uh, Wolverine, Elektra was a big one, and you didn't know you didn't know who to trust. The heroes they turned on each other. They had no way of telling who was who until after they died, and they reverted back to their Skrull form. So, who else was it? Spider Spider Woman, I think, was like one of the main antagonists. She was like a scrawl princess that had become Spider Woman. But anyway, it will be hard to adapt it now, or at least within this movie and um, now Disney show canon, to reflect the scrawl's evil intentions when they're just when they're just a race of peace loving refugees that need a helping hand. And I say that all to say this, that all of that could be changed very easily because we have two, two big pieces coming that could really shift the dynamic of everything. And they're, they're probably going to, uh, it's Dr. Strange, multiverse of madness, and then WandaVision as well. They are going to allow Marvel to, to shape their canon, their lore, however they want it to reboot it, rewrite it and remake it in the way that they desired from the beginning, but maybe couldn't do because they didn't have all the rights to certain things, but things are going to shift and change. And it, it's cool that they, it's cool, but it's, it feels cheap that they have that kind of get out of jail free card that they can just play. So I'm of two minds. I think they, they tried to, make an engaging story with a twist in Captain Marvel, albeit with a touch of pandering to 
I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, but they did a disservice to the scrolls in that movie. And hopefully this secret invasion show can correct that. What else do we got? Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is coming to Disney Plus now. Wait a second. Does that mean that's going to be... Is that going to be a uh, live action? Is that the real Guardians? Followers, not just fans. Do, do... Yeah, it's expected to see the whole the whole uh, Guardians cast return. Uh, James Gunn said in a tweet on December 10th, he said, even seeing this here makes me laugh. <laughs> One of my favorite stories ever, which I have bugged at Kev Fag uh, endlessly about over the years. <laughs> His name is not Fig. His name is Feige, Kev Feige. At Kev Feige. If you want to tweet him about that, tweet him about Culture Jack uh, saying his name wrong. Um, endlessly about over the years. I can't believe we're actually doing this. And yes, I unironically loved the Star Wars holiday special as a kid. And I would be one to argue that Guardians of the Galaxy is a much better space odyssey. A much better space epic than... Star Wars. Come at me, bro. Anyway, what else do we got out of the MCU? So, in She-Hulk as well, we have Tim Roth, who is returning to his role as the Abomination in She-Hulk. And if you remember, he was the, the primary antagonist for the original Incredible Hulk, played by Edward Norton, that is still... Strictly speaking, MCU canon, but Edward Norton, you know, creative differences, uh, negotiation, budgetary constraints, whatever it was, uh, didn't sign back on for the Avengers. And that's when we got Ruffalo. I think we traded up personally. I I, I like the shift between uh, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Uh, I mean, Edward, Edward Norton did, he didn't do a bad job, but, uh, he, uh, he's out and so Tim Roth's coming back. So that's cool. Um, what else do we got here? There's an Ironheart TV show that is happening and that is, uh, going to star an actress named Dominique Thorne, who's going to play Riri Williams. And I think we've talked about Riri Williams on Culture Jack before, but, she is a young lady who I think was like a super genius and kind of took over took over Tony Stark's legacy. And that's Ironheart, so she's going to have the armor. Um, something similar, something akin to an Iron Man. And we had talked about before potentially having Shuri take on that role. In, and it's just kind of a, a morphing of the character's uh, in the MCU versus in the comics. And I'm okay with that. Like, you know, Chadwick Boseman passed, unfortunately, but it would be cool to see Shuri take on the mantle. And if there's not a mantle of Tony Stark that she has to take on to as well, because Riri Williams is going to take it on. I think, I think that's just great. So that's another show on Disney plus Disney plus 
we've had the Disney Plus blue balls for a long time. And maybe finally, sometime soon, starting in January and then in March, we might get that sweet, sweet release. <laughs> I don't know why I said release so so uh, weird. There's a Lando series in development. Uh, the director of Dear White People, Justin Simeon, Simeon uh, he is going to be directing it. Um, is it going to star the same, the same actor? Played appearing in both the rise of Skywalker and solo. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause I think it was Danny Glover that played him in solo, right? The original was Billy D. Williams. Not Danny Glover, Donald Glover. Earlier years, rumors circulated about a Lando series that would bring back uh, Glover in the leading role. So that's cool because he did a great job um, as Lando in that solo movie. You know, a lot of people didn't like that solo movie. I like that solo movie. That was pretty dang, pretty dang good. Uh, there's an Andor teaser uh, reveals first look at Rogue One Disney spinoff. And so apparently in this Disney investor meeting, they announced 10 Marvel shows coming to Disney Plus and 10 Star Wars shows coming to Disney Plus. So I can only assume uh, this this Andor and this Lando are just a couple of those 10. And this one's going to star... Uh, Diego Luna, I don't know what character he plays, but the same one he played in Rogue One. Um, oh, as Cassian Andor, the rebel spy who helped to steal the plans for the Death Star in the 2016 Star Wars spinoff movie. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else? What else? Raya and the Last Dragon uh, is going to release on Disney Plus the same day as theaters black widow why have why do i not get the pleasure of of making that announcement on culture jacked on the friday show for black widow this doesn't seem fair it doesn't seem right it seems like i am being subjugated to a great injustice every week that i have to lament the absence of this movie on disney plus don't be sorry be better. That's all I'm saying, Disney. Um, so that's coming out. Uh, that's what day is that coming out, though? Uh, do, 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 do. I don't know what day it is over the next foot. Ah, March 5th, 2021. Oh, man. So we've got Soul coming this month. We've got Wonder Woman coming this month. Next month. We have WandaVision, and then we've got Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then we've got, oh no, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but he's Captain America now. He gave him the shield at the end of Endgame. Uh, in, coming in March, and then Rey and the Last Dragon coming in March as well. Very exciting. Oh, oh, good news, good news, good news. Marvel confirmed to, to release 10 Disney Plus shows in the next few years. 
Let's see if they say any that we have not reported, not talked about. Do, 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 looking through who, who, these movies. Do, 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 Disney, will you please release Black Widow? All right, so we've got, uh, in various stages of filming, we've got WandaVision, we've got Loki, which we got another trailer for Loki. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that was like a whole two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute trailer for Loki, and I don't. I have no idea what is going on in that. I I will have to spend more time with the wiki than I will actually watching Disney shows to understand all of these characters that I want to be snobby about. Um, but it looked amazing. It looked amazing. It happens just like everyone speculated when he got the he got the tesseract. Is it the space stone? Yeah, he got the he got the tesseract at the end in the middle of Endgame, and then he warped away. And then that's where it starts. That's where the trailer starts. The trailer starts with that scene. Um, Hawkeye, which I guess there's been a bunch of recent set photos that have been exposed for Hawkeye. And so he's got he's got quite the rumor mill swirling for him. Miss Marvel. Moon Knight, which has been rumored forever. It was, it was thought it was going to be a Netflix show, but I guess it's going to be Disney+, Plus, which is awesome. That guy, I guess he's got like multiple personalities or split personality disorder or something. And he's like, he's like a, 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 a Batman type character. He's like super rich, um, but he's also got all these problems with like these different personalities in his head. And then She-Hulk as well. But these shows count for just a portion of what Marvel Studios will deliver on Disney Plus in the coming years. Um, oh, the, the What If show. It's an animated show. And I can't remember who. There's there's uh, someone famous. Gotcha. There you go. Good. And wash my hands of it. You figure it out yourself. That narrates the What If show. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? It's been reported a series involving Samuel L. Jackson. Well, we know what that is now, of course. That's a secret invasion. Here it is. Here it is. This is the, I clicked on this. I was so excited to share it with you, and then I forgot it was in my open tabs up at top because there's so many of them. They're so tiny. I can't even read them. I can't even understand what's in them. But Marvel is working on the Fantastic Four movie. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Um, it is going to have John Watts directing. And if for those of you unfamiliar, of course, John Watts is the director for the uh, latest Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, was that the latest one? Did he do the last one as well? I think he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But it's coming. Um 2023 no what's coming 2023 guardians of the galaxy 3 is coming 2023 i don't know when this is supposed to come i would imagine 2022 that's my guess on it okay what else do we have here 
next Star Wars movie is releasing in 2023 as well. And it is going to be directed by uh, Miss Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman. And so if she does half as good a job as she did on the original Wonder Woman movie, don't know how 1984 is uh, shaping up to be yet, but I will hear in a couple weeks. Uh, Christmas Day is when that releases, by the way. This is going to come out, this uh, new Star Wars movie, in December 2023. So it's weird because I'm admittedly not the biggest Star Wars fan. But I do know that, well, I think I know that the the trilogy, the original trilogy, and then the prequels, and then the afterquels, the sequels. <laughs> I just called, I just called the... Uh, it's called sequels, afterquels. You know, because I'm a fully functioning adult. I'm a grown. I'm a grown man who, with a very firm grip on the English language, I know what I'm talking about. So, the sequels were all about the Skywalker. That was like the Skywalker story. And so maybe this will be new people. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit more. There'll be a little more force in it, you know, a little bit more pushing and pulling and and magic and convincing. Listen, besides middle chlorians, the most firm stated lore of the Star Wars universe, nothing else matters. And I don't know anything else about it. So there's that coming in 2023 by Patty Jenkins. I'm very excited. Christian Bale has been cast as the Thor uh, Love and Thunder, the, the, the sequel to Thor Ragnarok, Thor 4, if you will, as the villain. Christian Bale's the villain in this one. He's his gore, the, the God Butcher, which is another character that I know no, nothing about. And I, I feel like, my my fears are coming to fruition now where I, no matter how much I may try, with the rate that these Disney shows and movies are coming out and the information comes out from them, that I'm not going to be able to keep up with these characters. I mean, let's face it, guys. This is a lot. This is a lot. But I love Christian Bale. I think he's awesome. Um, his best movie is Equilibrium by far. If you haven't seen Equilibrium or you haven't seen it in a while, check it out again. They got like the gun sword fighting. I guess I need to watch it again. I don't even remember what it was about. But he's coming. Production is slated to begin in January of next year. And then it's currently set to release on May 6th, 2022. And this one's going to be cool because Chris Pratt and the Guardians of the Galaxy are also going to be in this one at the beginning, I think, or that's what's been rumored. And then Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, is going to, like in the comics, I guess become ill because I think she had cancer in the comics, I believe, and she became ill and then she got the powers of Thor to stave off her own mortality uh, as a god for a while, and she was able to to wield Mjolnir and the whole the whole nine. So it's going to be really cool. I guess Tessa Thompson's coming back. 
Uh, is Jeff Goldblum coming back? Taika Watiti is, of course, directing. He did great on Ragnarok, and so I'm very happy to see that. So that's one whole window full of news bites that I'm now closing. Goodbye. Good night, sweet prince. Get out of here. Maybe I've just made a, to- a, a terrible mistake. I've frozen my whole frozen my whole computer up. So we're going to look at this Disney Investor Day here real quick just to kind of see what it's about. All right, so this is a CNBC article, so you know it's legit. Uh, Disney unloads a slew of impressive Disney Plus announcements, and they also announce a price hike. All right, so let's see. Disney Disney Plus service now has 86.8 million subscribers. Expects uh, to see 230 million to 260 million subscribers to the service by 2024. Is that too ambitious? Maybe. They had an all-time high stock price. Well, good for them. Good for them. I'm guilty. I gave them a bunch of my money. <laughs> um they revealed a slew of impressive Disney announcements, uh Disney Plus announcements with over 100 movies and shows Connected to franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, FX, and National Geographic. Quality, not volume. Well, I mean, certainly they can't beat uh, like a, a Netflix or a Hulu in those cases. Kenobi. Oh, that's right. They're doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show as well. Ewan McGregor is coming back for Obi-Wan. All right. All right. All right. That sounds good. That's it. And it's going to take place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Man, that's a job. That's a job that you could have. You could you could be the guy that keeps track of like all of the, the little plot threads for all these different connected universes. I'm sure they got that guy. I'm sure they got that guy at at Marvel, at Disney, at Star Wars. Whoa, 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 whoa. Outside of the Star Wars universe, Lucasfilm is also creating a series based on the Jim Henson film, Willow. What? Warwick Davis. Get back in here, buddy. Your time is now. Secret Invasion, Ironheart. Uh, Armor Wars, excuse me, what is Armor Wars? Apparently it features War Machine. Don Cheadle, congratulations, you got your own Disney Plus show, that's great. Um, Disney Plus, a uh, number based on older Disney properties. Okay, so the rebooting Mighty Ducks, I don't know, that's a, it's a terrible thing to do. Turner and Hooch, uh, yeah, get Tom Hanks if you want your, your Disney Plus streaming platform to fail. I hate that guy. <laughs> Live action versions of Pinocchio and Peter Pan and Wendy. Oh good. They've chosen to they've chosen to ruin more of their remakes by I bet you Peter Pan doesn't even fly in it. I bet you Pinocchio's not even a puppet at all. He's just a real boy that wants better shoes or something. Yeah. They can't do they can't do remakes good. Disenchanted, a sequel uh, to the hit film Enchanted. Not going to watch that. 
a series featuring Baymax from Big Hero 6, as well as one based on characters from Zootopia. Now, when it comes to these animated shows that are based on animated shows, like big budget animated movies, like Big Hero 6, and you you make like a TV show about it, oftentimes the shows that they make are of very, very lesser quality. They are subpar at best. And the the character the character acting, the voice actors are different, and so it sounds all goofy and weird. If they were to put the time, energy, and effort into making the same quality of animated films or animated series as they do animated films, just like they do put in the effort for these Marvel shows, these quick six-episode big-budget shows, or like The Mandalorian, which... I would argue some of the effects aren't that great in, but what are you going to do? It's still just a show. Um, If they were to put in that kind of effort and that kind of money into those shows, I think they could be as good. But just hearing that they're having an animated show is not like it's not something that just really gets my nipples erect. But here we are. Pixar, another series based on Up, a series based on Cars. And a new original series called Win or Lose. Let's see. Where's the price? Where is the price? Uh, in Europe, Disney is raising the price to eight not eight dollars ninety nine euro, or eight ninety nine euro bucks, <laughs> and a local equivalent in other markets. Where is where is the I mean, I guess I could. I guess I could find it. Uh, what is eight ninety nine euro to American dollars? This is about eleven bucks. Ten ninety. Ten ninety. Sons of bitches! What are we paying now? We must be paying eight or nine dollars. All right. On the heels of Rival, Warner Bros. announcing it will release 17 films, so it's not 21 films, they got me, on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day next year. Uh, analyst investors are keen to see how Disney will maneuver through uncertainty still po- poised by a global pandemic. Okay, so we got Raya, we already talked about that. All right, here's the juice, guys. Here's what we've been waiting for. Disney executives said that they will remain flexible about future releases, but made sure to reiterate that titles like Black Widow and Jungle Cruise will head to theaters as planned. God dang it. So terrible. So terrible. Oh, the uh, Patty Jenkins Star Wars movie is called Rogue Squadron. Fantastic Four, we talked about that. Lightyear, talked about that. Okay, so Hulu, what are they doing with Hulu? Palm Springs, which is a great movie. I just saw that recently on Hulu. Run and Bad Hair. Disney will use 20th Century Studios and Searchlight to create original movies exclusively for Hulu. Okay, so now this is where the Disney acquisitions of yesteryear are coming to pay off. They are going to use these as just big mallets to to just pound content into Hulu. 
Take it, Hulu. Uh-huh. The platform will also be host to a show called Only Murders in the Building, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Okay, so like the first two make sense together, and Selena Gomez, out of left field. Strange, but sign me up. Sign me up. As well as The Dropout, a show about Elizabeth Holmes, starring Kate McKinnon, who is hilarious. Let's get more Kate McKinnon in our life. There's also a limited series called Dope Sick, featuring Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, and Peter Sarsgaard. And Rosario Dawson, she's in Mandalorian now, right? She's Ahsoka. Uh, The writer behind Big Little Lies, Ally McBeal, is heading up a show called Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, thank God, because like I very embarrassingly admitted a few episodes ago, I'm a huge Ally McBeal fan, so Callista Flockhart... um, should come back. <laughs> uh, Rami the Great, Hands Made Tale, the Kardashian family. We don't care about Kardashians. Get out of here. Um, oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Has has been given another four seasons, and we'll have new shows called The Old Man, starring Jeff Bridges and Reservation Dogs from Taika Waititi. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, FX is going to feature Alien series based on the world of the Alien movie franchise. And we'll also have a show called Shogun based on the best-selling novel by James Clavel. Oh, yeah. Disney is anticipating that Hulu becomes profitable in 2023. (laughs) And ESPN Plus um, is going to do some stuff as well. No one cares. Well, I'm sure someone cares. I'm sure Anthony probably cares. He can talk about ESPN if he wants, but I'm not going to do it. This is my show, damn it. And I'm going to talk about comic books and things like that. So I also uh, cracked open a few tabs from comic book. I hope I hope this is an inf- informative to you because I wasn't just going to just do it half-assed. I guess I am kind of doing it half-assed, but I wasn't just going to leave it lie. I want to be able to add as many tags as I can to incorporate as much as I can of the internet, come to our show, subscribe to our channel, like our videos, like our podcasts, leave comments on things, send us emails, get a hold of us on Facebook and Twitter and make sure uh, you tell your friends that we need to be the show to listen to. Uh, Now, if you'll excuse that regularly scheduled break, which I think is the first time I've done like just a, a cold, hard, ad for ourselves in the middle of a podcast ever, but it's not going to be the last. So culture jacked, do it on the things, get, get ready, go anyway. Um, okay. So 10 new Marvel studios, uh, and 10 star Wars TV shows are coming to Disney plus. We talked about that already. So comic book movie, uh, get out of here. We've already covered it. What is this one? Um, Yeah. Talked about that as well. Black Panther uh, 2 is not going to replace Chadwick Boseman. Uh, new logo and font revealed and plot details revealed. Okay, so Black Panther 2. The the new font is just Black Panther with a 2 on it. Like, it's the same thing as Black Panther 1, you know, whatever. But, um, vague idea of the sequel's plot. So, uh, 
Kevin Feige confirmed that the current King of Wakanda will not appear in the movie during today's Disney's investors call and gave fans a vague idea of what to expect. Uh, I can't remember the voice that I did for Kevin Feige before, so I'm going to do a new one. I wanted to acknowledge the devastating loss of a dear friend and member of Marvel Studios family. Now, doing that voice, I didn't know he was going to say that. And so now it sounds disrespectful. But I, I, you know, I'm stuck in a gimmick now. What am I going to do? I'm going to continue. Chadwick Boseman was an immensely talented actor and an inspirational individual who affected all of our lives professionally and personally. His portrayal of T'Challa the Black Panther is iconic and transcends iteration of the character in any other medium from Marvel's past. It's for that reason that we will re- not recast the character. Uh, it says he doesn't get too specific when he references the story of Black Panther 2 will focus on um, and some of the sporting characters introduced in the first film. Uh, but he continued, he said, However, to honor the legacy that Chad helped us build through his portrayal of the King of Wakanda, we want to continue to explore the world of Wakanda and all of the rich and varied characters introduced in the first film. Writer-director Ryan Coogler is hard at work on the sequel now and will bring the film to you in theaters on July 8, 2022. So, you know... They're not going to replace Bozeman. They're not going to replace the Black Panther. They're going to figure out a a good, respectful way to write him off the show, like we've said before in other podcasts. And hopefully, you know, hopefully Shuri does have an increased role. Um, Ideally, they include some stuff from uh, Atlantis because they did hint at that in Endgame. And they said, hey, you know, there's some earthquakes down on the ocean floor and they said, well, what are you doing about it? And they said, that's what we're doing about it. We, we're not going to do anything about it. We're just going to, you know, ride it out or whatever. So there's some stuff happening there with the, the character Namor. So hopefully we get a little little Namor, a little teaser for him at least, if not, you know, him being the villain of the show. Because I think he's, he's kind of an anti-hero, I believe. Okay, Fantastic Four, the movie, we talked about that. Uh, what else do we have? Secret Invasion, Iron Wars. Okay, do, do, do. Any new stuff in here that we haven't already clicked on? Twenty th- That's super cool. Armor Wars. That uh, Don Cheadle, that um, war machine is getting his own thing. Uh, okay, so Captain Marvel 2 is adding Miss Marvel already, who has... A Disney show. And so, I mean, it's a logical step, of course. Hopefully, they do a good job introducing her and her powers in the show and then bring her into the movie so we don't have to have much of an explainer there. Because in the comics, she's like a fangirl. And that's why her name is Miss Marvel, because she's she's based her fan persona off of captain marvel's character and and her exploits so at this point i mean this is five years into the future you know between infinity war and endgame after the snap that everyone's been getting along and captain marvel was one of the people that survived and so she has had kind of a time to build up her reputation and maybe become a little bit more known and now miss marvel comes in she knows the character and so it would make perfect perfect logical sense uh for him to do that 
Let's see. Who is directing uh, Captain Marvel 2? It is Nia DaCosta. Um, then, of course, Brie Larson's coming back as Carol Danvers. And uh, Iman Vellani is Miss Marvel um, following her small screen debut on Disney+. Plus. And then also uh, Monica Rambeau is coming back, uh, played by Tiona Paris. And she's going to make her debut in WandaVision, which we saw in that new trailer. Um, we saw kind of a glimpse of what WandaVision is really about. Like these these people are living this idyllic sitcom life. But at the same time, there's something funky going on and they know there's something funky going on because uh Monica Rambeau is she's like and she and Monica Rambeau is a superhero character at some point and I don't know what her or her power set is another person I'm going to have to look up on the wiki but she comes in and she's like I don't know why I'm here I don't know who I am and um Scarlet Witch is like yeah, me neither or something like that. And then they back to like their idea, like, Hey, we're happy and we're, you know, a sitcom family and they go through all the different sitcom phases. It's so interesting looking. I cannot wait. Um, okay. Uh, Cassie Lang has been recast in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, detective Pikachu's star, Catherine Newton is now going to play the character. Blade remains in development. Is that going to be Disney Plus? No, that's going to be a movie. But all the Disney Plus, uh, all the Disney Marvel movies are going to be released on Disney Plus. So yeah, it's going to be on Disney Plus. Come on. Come on, Marvel. Put Black Widow. Put Black Widow on there. Okay. Then there's just a bunch of tweets about all the things that we just talked about. Okay, good, 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 good. What else? Uh, Miss Marvel sizzle reel reveals the first footage from Kamala Khan's Marvel Cinematic Universe debut. Excuse me. There's a trailer for this. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, everybody, I've got some work to do. Let me just play this trailer. I'll get I'll get right back to you. Oh, man, I just got done with that trailer and. uh it it made me smile like I had a big smile on my face just watching. I like his very feel good kind of trailer. Now it didn't showcase a bunch of her powers, which I'm a little upset. You know, it was a bunch of like directors and writers and and you know supervisors <laughs> and I think comic book people maybe as well and also, but they were talking about what the character means to them and and you know how how everyone can see a little bit of themselves in Miss Marvel. And it's, it's totally true. Like she's a very relatable character. She, she fans out over all of these superheroes so much, uh, but it didn't show much of her power. The, the gal that they, they cast uh, for it looks amazing. Like she, she is, is really good. What is her name again? Ah, uh, Iman Vellani. Iman Vellani. Yeah. She's, Perfectly cast. Mm. Disney, Marvel, another excellent job. Uh, okay, what else do we have here? I, I know this is this is going on for very <laughs> this is a very long podcast of just news things. 
which is why I didn't do the thing that I was going to do, but I'm going to do it next week. So tune in next week as well. What if Marvel Studios first animated series uh, finally gets a trailer ahead of 2021 launch? I'm sorry, guys. I have to watch another trailer. I have to. Is this it? This it? Yeah. Okay. This is it. I'll be right back again. Hmm. Hmm. This is a, this is an interesting one. This uh, what if is animated, and basically it asks questions like, "What if this happened instead of this?" Like um, uh, Agent Carter. What if she became? What if she was injected with the super soldier serum? instead of uh, Steve Rogers, the guy who became Captain America. And um, what if uh, Yondu from the the Ravagers met up with a young T'Challa and took him out into space as opposed to um, Star-Lord? Oh, what was his name? Star-Lord. Anyway, Chris Pratt's character. It's an interesting concept, but... And I, these kinds of animated ones feel like a cheap money grab. And I know they've already got our subscription to Disney Plus. So all they're trying to do is keep it at this point. But I don't know. What if I wait until this comes out to make a real, a real decision on the show? Maybe that's what I'll do. How about that? <laughs> Check and mate. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. There's another trailer I've got to watch. This is just, this is, this is going to be a whole podcast of me telling you, hold on, I'll be right back. And then having to go in and edit me being right back after I've watched a trailer. But this one is shadow in the cloud. Chloe Grace, uh, Moretz. She battles sky gremlins in a bonkers full trailer is the headline in this one. Now she's the, the uh, gal from, kick ass she was what was the what was the girl's name she was the the little girl who kicked ass basically all right i'm gonna be right back i'm gonna check this trailer out what what is going what is going on why are all these amazing movies coming out now when when we can't go see movies okay shadow in the cloud uh the 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 gal uh chloe grace moretz she gets on a plane she's got a package it's like a world war ii period piece i don't know but they're like hey what do you do and she's like i'm a pilot i'm a mechanic i was brought here you know this package she gets in the gunner seat and she starts shooting at these enemy planes that they didn't see and they're like oh shoot she knows what what she's doing and um then they're fighting there's a gremlin on the wing and so a movie like this makes me makes me think who in that writing room was like hey you guys remember that movie you know the twilight zone and there's there's some thing on the wing <laughs> what if we made a whole movie about that and so she drop kicks one of these things in the movie and she's fighting them um very interesting very interesting Let's read, the, let's read the synopsis of this. In the throes of World War II, Captain Maude Garrett joins an all-male crew of a B-17 bomber with a top-secret package. Caught off guard by the presence of a woman in a, on a military flight, the crew tests Maude's every move. 
Just as her quick wit is winning them over, strange happenings and holes in her backstory incite paranoia surrounding her true mission. But this crew has one more to fear, lurking in the shadows. Something sinister is tearing at the heart of the plane. Trapped between an oncoming air ambush and an evil lurking within, Maud must push beyond her limits to save the hapless crew and protect her mysterious cargo. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, it's coming out on January 1st. Where is it coming out? It's set for digital release. So I don't know if it's being streamed anywhere for anything that I am currently signed up for, but there it is. Shadow in the Sky, and that's the last of my movie news. Now, I've got some gaming news as well. If you've tuned out of the podcast by now, I don't blame you, but it would be remiss of me to not share it with you. And so, granted, this will be a long episode, but hopefully you learned about some things that you're maybe interested in, that you maybe want to check out for yourself, um, that, that deserve a little bit more digging on that end of the head headphones as well. So I went and found a article, not an article. The game awards happened today as well. I got to watch some, uh, my kids pulled me away from a lot. So I am just go, I just found an article of a quick, um, I guess the results of the game awards, who won, who won, who won. So the big one, the game of the year, the last of us part two, uh, by Naughty Dog was the winner there. They are the game of the year. And that, I think, is an award in and, in and of itself that is going to cause some amount of controversy, at least on the internet, because that was a very divisive game. People did not like it. I never finished The Last of Us Part 1, but The Last of Us Part 2, I guess, turned those tropes on their head. A lot of people said it was lazy writing. There were accusations of misogyny and, and sexism. You know, it is what it is, man. It's a it's a game. I will probably play it someday. I have The Last of Us, the first one on my PlayStation, which if I ever get to my backlog, if I ever pull myself out of Cyberpunk 2077, I might play. Uh, the Game Award for Game Direction also goes to Last of Us Part 2. And the most anticipated game was Elden Ring. Uh, it by from software and Bandai Namco. And so from software, I think they're the dark souls guys, I believe best narrative also awarded to last of us part two, lot of, lot of, uh, accolades coming to the last of us part two, uh, uh, on this game show, this game show <laughs> on these game awards, uh, art direction, ghost of Tsushima, which I heard was also very good. Again, I'll get around to playing these games. Just not with Cyberpunk 2077 around. The best score and music was awarded to Final Fantasy VII, the remake. Best audio design. You guessed it. Last of Us Part Two. The best performance was to actress Laura Bailey, who played Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. Games for Impact. Tell Me Why. And that's one of those like story-driven games. And Games for Impact... I don't imagine they're just the heaviest game that you drop from the tallest place down, but probably the ones that were the most impactful story-wise, I guess. But why wouldn't then the most impactful game also be the game winner for the best narrative? Hmm. 
Interesting, interesting. Maybe it's the difference between what made you made you cry the most and what made you, I don't know, think the most. The reward for the best reward, the award for the best ongoing game was No Man's Sky. The best indie game was Hades, which I heard was really, really good. Um, it's one of those roguelikes, but they have built the mechanic of dying, restarting, and going back through the level into the game because you are trying to escape hell, basically. You come up against these bosses and you're like, I think you're the son of Hades. And as you come against these bosses over and over again, they have specific character and voice lines that talk about them beating you in the past or how you made it past them the last time. And it's supposed to be really, really interesting in that. The best uh, debut indie game was Phasmophobia or Phasmophobia. This is an interesting game. This is a PC game now. I think it will probably come to consoles eventually, but like other things, it just is going to take some time. But what it is if my understanding is correct, is you and some buddies play the game together and one of you plays as a ghost, as a vengeful spirit, and the others are trying to contact you or they're in the house with you at the same time. And the goal of the ghost is to find people and you can only find them when they make a noise. So you only know where they are when they make a noise And if you're part of the group that is trying to find the ghost, you have to communicate certain clues and information between each other. And then if you get caught by the ghost, you get turned into like a small doll or a rat or something along those lines. Very interesting concept for a game. Phasmophobia. The best mobile game winner was Among Us. Fun little imposter. Kind of like, it's kind of like Clue, a whodunit sort of game. The game with the best community support went to Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. The best VR or AR game was Half-Life Alex. Um Innovation and Accessibility, The Last of Us Part 2 won for that. I don't know I don't know what that means. Maybe if you have like a colorblind mode or you have a mode for the hard of hearing, your subtitles are really on point, something like that, I imagine. The best action game, Hades. The best action adventure game, The Last of Us Part Two. The best RPG, Final Fantasy VII Remake. The best fighting game, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. And I think Anthony was talking about playing this one, so he'll be happy to know that one of the only games he's played for the last three years <laughs> won an award. Um... The best family game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. The best sim or strategy game, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I don't... A lot of these simulator games, the farming simulator, the the long-haul trucker simulator, the, the flight simulator, they don't seem entertaining to me. They don't seem exciting. But I guess if they can so well simulate what it's like to be in the cockpit or be in the cab of one of those trucks that people wouldn't ordinarily get an opportunity to do it. I guess I can see the appeal a little bit, but the best sports slash racing game, uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two, the best multiplayer game among us won that as well. And it's, 
it's weird because Among Us was released in 2018, but it's winning a 2020 award just because it gained so much popularity this year. I don't feel like it should be allowed to be considered for a 2020 award because it's, it's the same game that it was in 2018. And if it didn't win the award in 2018, how's it coming back to win it now? I don't get it. I don't understand. Content creator of the year, uh, Valkyrie. Oh, okay. I've, I've seen some of her videos, I think. Or his videos? <laughs> Maybe I haven't. Good Lord. The best esports athlete. Now, this is where it's going to be really contentious in the comment section on Culture Jack because I know a lot of you people tune in exclusively for our esports coverage. Um, but it was Heo Showmaker Sue. He was the winner. I believe he's a League of Legends player. If I'm wrong, no one will know. Esports coach, uh, Danny Zonic Sorensen. He was the best esports coach. The best esports event went to League of Legends World Championship 2020. And the best esports game was League of Legends. And the best esports host was Shocks de, de Porter. And the best esports team was G2 Esports. Now you're all caught up on the Game Awards. You don't need to watch the show. Uh, I did the whole two-hour-long show in about four and a half minutes. There were also several announcements. Uh, so that, if you want to check out those awards and, and the runners-up and who was in contention for those awards, I found that article on Variety. Uh, there's also one from Tech Radar. Uh, with a slew of game awards, recaps, and announcements. The the new Mass Effect trailer could be the first sign of a true Mass Effect 4. Uh, Fortnite is its next player character that's coming into the game. The next skin you can buy is a Master Chief skin. I was just talking to Anthony about Fortnite and how Fortnite, it's a ridiculously cartoonish looking game. But the people that play it have a crazy amount of skill and a, and almost a duality of minds that can play this shooting game and then switch to like a building game to construct these massive towers and then drop down from the sky and shoot you in the face. And I, I didn't like the game for a long time, but me and my family, we play it, gosh, at least four or five times a week. We're on this Fortnite game. Um and Fortnite really has a, a finger on the pulse and they are constantly updating. They're constantly changing. And so it's no wonder that they are the most, most streamed, most played game, most played game around. Evil Dead has a new uh, trailer. So Ash and friends are, are going to return to video games in 2021, says the article. Uh, Outriders has a new trailer and a release date. It's coming uh, February 2nd, 2021, Super Meat Boy Forever <laughs> uh, is coming out on December 23rd, day before Christmas Eve. And Vin Diesel apparently was a, a star in Arc 2 with a long cinematic debut trailer. He was a chief in a tribe in Arc 2. <laughs> Vin Diesel's an interesting character. Anthony and I got to talk about him at some point. Scavengers uh, bringing third-person atmospheric adventure bicycle road trip game season, and there's a trailer. 
Uh, the Swedish chef from the Muppets is now an overcooked is a downloadable character. Open world action game. Crimson Desert Eagle or Crimson Desert gets a trailer. Desert Eagle's a weapon. <laughs> uh, Endless Dungeon. New roguelike game. Disco Elysium uh, is coming back. This time to PlayStation 5, Switch, and Xbox for those Disco Elysium fans. Dragon Age 4. We've got a title for that. What is the title? You didn't tell us in this article. You bastard. Make me open up another thing. Um, oh, it's Dragon Age. Well, what a waste of my time. Jeez Louise. Uh, Warhammer 40, 40K Dark Tide trailer. I was watching this trailer. I did see this one. It was very explosive and visceral and violent. And there were creatures and there were smashing with hammers and there were gunshots. And it, it looked really, really cool. And I don't know if all of the Warhammer games look like this, but this looks simply amazing. And it looks like a game that I would love to try if I got the opportunity. Anyway, Epic Game Store exclusively op- offering a limited time Unreal Tournament weapon bundle uh, to play on Warframe. Um... Okay, so the developer's trailer for the similar sci-fi horror horror game, The Callisto Protocol. Okay, so a lot of people are comparing this to Dead Space. And uh, that's coming in 2022. A New Hood, Outlaws and Legends trailer debuted. Oh, oh, this one looked cool. Uh, It is the first game from The Initiative, the development studio that was formed under the Microsoft Game Studios umbrella. And so it's a new studio. Their first game coming out is a reboot of Perfect Dark. And it starts with like a satellite up in space and a voiceover narration talking about how the world was desperate for answers and looking for, you know, a fix for, you know, hunger and... and maybe water i'm not sure but then we we were led to believe by the affluent and the wealthy that they had a solution and that science had the answers but nature can't be controlled like science thinks it can or something and it pans around and then like these foliage is tearing buildings apart and this drone is flying through these people that are dead on the ground and then we get up to the foot of uh, Miss Joanna Dark herself standing on top of a building looking out at the destruction. Beautiful cinematic trailer. Absolutely zero gameplay, uh, but pretty interesting. Um, Left 4 Dead 4. Uh, or maybe it's Left 4 Dead 3. But it's Left 4 Dead, Back for Blood is coming out. And then finally, the last last bit is... Um, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII is being added as the new newest fighter in Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighter. <sighs> and and that's it's done. <laughs> that's all the news. <laughs> that's all the news. I can't I can't believe it. I can't believe that. So much was just, it was just piled on. It was just piled on there at the end. And I couldn't not talk about it. I had to at least, you know, and I guess it's, I guess it's better that what I had prepared for this episode gets pushed to next week because 
that I was ta- I was go- I was going to talk all about hype. <laughs> like hype, what is hype? Why is it important? What are some examples of hype? Uh, what makes us anticipate the things that we do anticipate, and why it's a base it's a base instinct that is not exclusive to video games. It's not exclusive to comic book movies. But I guess you'll have to wait for it. Next week, build up a little hype, right? But that's all we have for the show today. Uh, If you like the show, please, please, please uh, click a thumbs up or an upvote or whatever kind of feature is on the streaming platform that you use specifically. And stay tuned for Monday Madness. It's coming up right at the end of this weekend you're about to have. Thank goodness this weekend's going to be great. I'm so excited for it. Leave us a review if you can. You know, especially for those of you that listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. I think we have two reviews, and I think both of them are mine. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's another one out there. Someone said we had beautiful, buttery voices, and I like that. I like that. More of that. More of that um, unnecessary and uh, unrequested flattery. But I mean, I guess it is requested now because I'm asking for it specifically. So if you could really build up my ego, I would really appreciate it because in those dark times, I'll just go back and read those reviews and really bring me up. So it's a pandemic. Do what you can for Dustin. That's what I say. Do what you can for Dustin. D-W-Y-C-F-D. Do it. Come on. Um... You can also contact us, get a hold of us, join the conversation, bring us ideas for new topics that you want us to talk about. You think we have an all right, interesting opinion. You think we've got kind of a unique take on the world uh, around this popular media culture. Let us know what it is and, and participate with us, please. You can do that by getting a hold of us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Culture Jacked in both those places, or also culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. And that two is just numerical two. It's not spelled out T-W-O, not T-O-O-O. That's three O's. That's too many or two O's or one O. Just the number, just the number two, x2 at gmail.com. Also, 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 we have that extra episode that we that we recorded for Wednesday. So if you if you are enjoying Cyberpunk 2077, you can because we recorded it before either Anthony or I played it. Uh, you can you can get on there and you can you know make fun of me for how much I expected out of the genitalia options for the customization of the characters in Cyberpunk 2077. But besides all that, have an excellent weekend. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.